So Denise is a seasoned professional with a background of being a C-suite sales executive leading teams from Accenture to Amazon. Now, Denise actually runs her own fractional sales and growth independent practice. On top of that, Denise has launched her own brand and we're going to dive deep into the luxury scent niche. So very excited to hear from her today about her life realities, what led her here and let's get into it. So welcome Denise for joining us today. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Manny. It's great to great to be here. <laughs> Amazing. So Grace, I want to talk to you about how you left the corporate world to transitioning into doing your own fractional practice now. Yeah. What caused you to make that shift? Um, you know, it's interesting, Manny. It was not my choosing. I was kind of forced into doing my own thing. So as you mentioned to your listeners, I was most recently a managing director at Accenture. And I led the, the practice managing the um, AWS partnership. So AABG or the Accenture AWS business group in the South market unit. And as you may or may not be aware, there were a, a number of layoffs that Accenture had earlier this year. And unfortunately I was caught up in those layoffs in the, in the spring. So back in March and it was somewhat unexpected, but, you know, when I look back in retrospect, the writing was, you know, somewhat on the wall. And I took the time to really process the, 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 the loss because that's what it is. Like anytime you leave a company, particularly when it's not of your own doing, it is, you know, it's a relationship that's, you know, that's severing. And so I, you know, I took some time just to kind of figure out what's next. But then we're in this just weird and wonderful, quirky job market now. And, and, and I know a number of folks who kind of find themselves in a very similar space of, you know, not being able to quite find the right thing for them, especially when you're more experienced and, you know, you have the kind of background, longstanding background that I have it becomes more difficult to find to find the right thing and i said well if i can't find something i'm going to create something and so that's what i started to do i started to work my network i reached out to some companies that were in the smb space that were looking that were talking to me and trying to recruit me during you know my time at accenture and it just wasn't the right time or the package wasn't quite right or the role wasn't quite right. And so, you know, stayed in touch with those folks and also leveraged technology. You know, I put it on my LinkedIn that I was, you know, moving into this fractional space. There's a number of platforms out there that allow you to create a profile. So platforms like Bolster, and uh, uh, GigX, and I've put myself out that way and have found clients on those platforms also. And here we are. So it's been, you know, the last eight months or so, I've got a, a handful of clients that I'm working with and I love the flexibility of it. I love the, 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 just the nuance of it all as well, because each client is so different. I'm doing things from helping a client to set up their customer success function, helping another to manage their uh, strategic alliance and partnerships. And then I have another client that just needs some help with 
building rigor in their sales team and doing some helping them to do some planning for 2024 around compensation and all sorts of things. So it's 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 a varied mix in terms of the folks that I that I partner with. And it's also a lot of fun because I get to be my own boss and you know make the determination as to if I want to move forward with a client or if I want to you know sort of hold off. So it's been it's been an interesting journey. Honestly, not one I would have chosen for myself, especially given that I do have a a, a, a luxury home fragrance line that I know we'll talk about. But, you know, to have, you know, everything be dependent on me being an entrepreneur is very new territory for me. But we're just, you know, we're rolling with the punches and uh, we'll see. We'll see where we land. That's it. You got to roll with the punches, right? And again, that that shift from being half corporate, half entrepreneur to going full entrepreneur, it's like, it's all on you now, right? Yeah. And, and, and there's no backup plan. And sometimes it's a good thing because it propels you to new heights, right? Exactly, yeah. And I'm sure you've experienced that too, right? Like it's, you know, you have a lot of people depending on you. You have, you know, even though I don't have full-time customers in with the fragrance line, I do have independent contractors and other small businesses that mm-hmm. help me there. And, you know, they're all depending on me to feed their families and meet their obligations. So it's, it's a lot, but it is, it, I'm, I'm learning that I'm a lot stronger than I realize, And that I also have some skills that are in demand that people are willing to pay top dollar for too. So that helps. And that's exactly it. And so do you feel like you could have launched Grace the Collection while being at one of your corporate jobs? Or do you feel like now you could have done it? Now the fact that you have control of your schedule, control of which clients you work with, do you feel like it's more aligned now or would, would it have been more aligned before? Well, actually I did start Grace the Collection while I was at AWS. So I, I actually founded the company in 2020. So while I was working full-time, I was building my company on the side. And actually I'm appreciative of that because it meant that I could, be a bit more thoughtful and intentional about how I was launching the sh- decisions that I was making about branding and design and the suppliers that I would I would work with. So I'm actually thankful for that. And then also, you know, being with large companies and you know when you have those those stock vests that come through annual bonuses, you know, all of that. Even when I got recruited to Accenture, I had an amazing package awesome sign-on bonus. And so all of that was able to go into building the company. So I'm really thankful that I was able to, to go that route because it, it made it a lot easier. And especially since I am bootstrapping, I haven't taken any outside capital as of yet. And, and I'm sure that that will change down the road, particularly with some of the growth opportunities that are on the table for me. But I, I think there's something to be said for starting your company while you're still working. I think I call them LLC Twitter, or I guess now LLC X will have you thinking that, you know, you can just create an LLC and, you know, tomorrow you'll have a G-Wagon in your business name. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't quite work that way, right? There's some things that you got to do and some steps that you have to make. And so I think, I think more folks should lean into their entrepreneur endeavors or entrepreneurial endeavors while they're working. Because as a a dear friend of mine, who's also an entrepreneur said to me, 
you know, when you, and, and she started her company while she was an executive at one of the world's largest CPG companies. And she said, you know, doing that kept her hungry, but not desperate. And that really spoke to me because again, I was able to really make decisions that were thoughtful and intentional. And I didn't have to, you know, just do things because I needed to eat, right? Or I had obligations. I could just take the time and, you know, slowly grow the uh, grow the company and it served me well. That's such an important point. And like not being in a scarcity mindset when you build your business is so important. So you don't take those, those shortcuts, right? And dilute your That's brand right. in certain ways the way you don't want to. And it's chasing profit just so you could put food on the table, which is important. We all have to eat, right? But we don't yeah. want to ruin our baby to That's put food right. on the table at the same time. That's right. I couldn't have said it better, Manny. I think, you know, there's something to be said for just the intentionality that goes into building a brand. And also, you know, I want something that's sustainable. You know, this isn't just like mm -hmm. a fly by night thing for me. I want it to be something that can grow. And I'm not one of those entrepreneurs who's, you know, averse to not, uh, to, to selling their business at some point. Like, I feel like that is, you know, that's the goal, right? That's how you create generational wealth. That's how you're able to oftentimes fund the next big idea that you have. So I think, you know, spending the time, especially in the early days of getting the fundamentals right, you know, investing in branding, that's going to be able to start small with you, but then who can also grow with you, you know, as your company grows, like all of those things are just so, so important. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful for the, you know, the folks that I have in my corner that have really helped me to bring Grace the Collection to life. Okay. So my experience is a little bit different than yours in regards to when it comes to bootstrapping for my clothing brand. Okay. So when I launched my clothing brand, I was in the early years of my career and i was in a position where i wasn't going to get the salary i needed in order to sustain my livelihood and my brand i wouldn't have the flexibility and time as well to give time towards my clothing brand and my career job because i was approaching b2b software sales at the time and that itself it is it's a full time. It's, it's an entrepreneurial role, right? You're working 24 seven in that role. And then to mix that in with the clothing brand, planning shoots, going to meet people, all this stuff, it just wasn't aligning with me. And that's when I realized that would work best for me. Okay. I've gained all this experience through my clothing brand. Why not? I launched it even before like I was finished school. I was doing a lot of stuff for marketing, doing other freelance projects. I'm like, why not do something that's more parallel? Like the software sales was perpendicular at the time to my e-commerce brand. So what, why not launch a marketing agency doing the same services that I'm specializing for my clothing brand and do it for other clients? So then what I learned from my clothing brand, it applies from my agency. What I learned from my agency, it applies from a clothing brand. So my situation, that worked out really well for me. But at the end of the day, we both had the same mindset that we can't be in a scarcity mindset. And we have to have money flowing for our livelihood and our brand at the same time and have that flexibility. But that's amazing to hear that you found that at Accenture, right? And it's, I'm sure a lot of people could get a good takeaway from that. It's like, don't just jump into entrepreneurship, right? Like, like have the income coming through. Don't ruin your livelihood that you built up and people that depend on you and use that funding and the resources there for your 
own endeavors. And then once it comes to a point where you simply cannot do it anymore, then jump ship, right? But don't jump ship right off the bat without having attraction. That that's a risky bet, Ben. Exactly. And it puts you in a really, you know, it's it's you end up in a precarious situation because to your point, you know, you have obligations, you know, you have, you know, you have to feed your family, you have, you know, whatever other responsibilities that we have being being adults, right? But you know, you don't want to you don't want to jump too quickly because you know, entrepreneurship is hard. Like I think I probably have a breakdown at least four times a week. Lately, it's been a little bit more because, you know, the the holiday holiday season. season. Yes. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's a lot, but, and you all can probably hear that I'm nursing a cold. And so, you know, not feeling a hundred percent, but I had a pop-up last night. I had multiple bulk orders that I had to get done today. I have another pop-up tomorrow. So, you know, you just have to, you just have to find the ability to kind of keep it, keep it going within reason, right? Because you also have to take care of yourself in the process. But how do you do that? Like, how how do you keep going? You know, I, I am a, a person of faith, Manny. And I think, you know, whatever faith practice someone has, for me, that's being a Christian, And, you know, I really lean into my faith to help me. Mm -hmm. I meditate every single morning. That's how I start my day. I have some affirmations. I even have my therapist and everybody needs a good therapist, especially if you're an entrepreneur. But she had me to get these. I don't know if you all have or if you're familiar with Louise Hay, like she's an amazing she has now passed away, but she has written a, a, a number of books and has resources really to help us get into that growth mindset and, you know, to really help us as we, you know, we live our life. And so I have these power thought cards that sit on my desk and I just kind of close my eyes and I'll, you know, shuffle them and pick one. And, you know, this one has been serving me a lot. And, you know, this, this mantra is, or affirmation is there's plenty for everyone, including me. And so that just keeps me grounded and focused. And I also have an amazing support system. My boyfriend who is, you know, leaving something downstairs for me, for my, (laughs) at my, my, my doorman for me to use for the pop-up tomorrow. And, you know, he's always, he's just a great support system. My friends who are now customers, you know, they also help. And they're like, you know, they'll show up. I I know I have a a, a good girlfriend who it will not surprise me if she ends up showing up at the pop-up tomorrow just to help me with customers and packaging up orders. And so I'm just thankful that I have that type of a support system around me. But for me, it's really leaning into my faith. It's making sure that I'm taking care of Denise because if my cup is empty, then... I can't really pour out into, you know, into others. And that also looks like, you know, getting, you know, getting enough rest, you know, drinking enough water, getting some exercise in and some sunshine, like all of those things are just so important as we're, as we're on this journey, because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, you know, not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur as well. And I think, you know, being very open and, vocal about that like maybe you're the person with the idea but maybe you need to get somebody else to execute it and if Mm -hmm. that's the case that's okay too but you just have to figure out what works for you i really like those three things you brought up faith 
Take care, Denise. And have a good support system backing you up. Yes. I, and I couldn't agree more. This is, I've been thinking about this analogy for the past two weeks. I haven't got it down perfectly yet. But the way I see entrepreneurship is you're in the middle of an ocean with tides coming at you and you're holding on to a rope. And the entire time you're thinking that rope is connected to a boat taking your safety. But in the truth, it's just you making it up with that boat's there and you're just holding on to a rope. And it's not holding on to anything and you're just surviving. And that's yes. what I said. You just have to convince yourself that you're going to make it through those tides somehow with the slightest rope that's going to hold you on. And that's it. Absolutely. And, you know, here's the thing that I've realized in my journey, Manny, is every, it just seems like every single time when I want to give up, you know, I had a very open moment with my customers recently, I do a, a monthly newsletter and November was a really tough month. You know, I was, I had lost a couple of clients that I thought were, well, they hadn't become clients, but I put, put proposals forward. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that, you know, great, this will, you know, this will help to, to fill the gap with some things. I had also interviewed with another company for a very senior role they put me through the paces and even had me to do a 90-day plan to all of the senior leadership team. And I'm thinking, wow, this is, you know, this is it. And even the person who referred me for the role, you know, they were like, Denise, you're, you're in everything that I've heard says that, you know, you're going to be the person. And that ended up falling through. So it was just a time of I don't know if I can continue to do Grace the Collection. Let's just put all of these candles and everything on a fire sale and close down shop. And I just was very vulnerable mm-hmm. with customers, you know, that, listen, it's rough. It's It's been a really difficult time. And, you know, I, I, I usually end the newsletter with some, you know, something that is positive and uplifting. And I just, you know, really spoke from my heart. Manny, the number of texts, emails that I got with people telling me to keep going that, uh, you know, they were in kind of a similar space and that I had vocalized for them, what they were also feeling. It was, it was the, it was exactly what I needed when I needed it for people to, to surround me. But I don't, I know that that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have been vulnerable and just Mm -hmm. put myself out there. And I think that's the other thing too, in all of this is that you do have to, you know, you sometimes you got to just share your heart and the realities of what's going on. Because it's really hard for entrepreneurs to do that. We don't. Is, we, we, we hide the mistakes and the yes. obstacles. We love showing the milestones, the highlights of the journey. Yes, and that's what we think entrepreneurship is when you go on social media. But it's no, not. it's not. And and that's the other thing is like social media will have you thinking at any given time that you're not enough, you're not doing enough, you're not, you know, you're you're not doing that, you know, you're not growing fast enough. But I'm I'm realizing through that vulnerability. And I tend to be a pretty much a what you see is what you get kind of person too. So I just kind of live that way, especially now that I'm a little older. You can get that vibe off you too, Denise. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you just, you, you, you put yourself out there and you know, you just, you just keep it going, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not always easy. And I think, you know, you, we do ourselves and other folks who are looking at us. Cause here's the thing, the, 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 that, that moment of vulnerability really taught me that people are watching you. And I've even had 
folks that I hadn't talked to in ages. And I, I actually decided to take that newsletter and turn it into an article on LinkedIn. People were contacting me on LinkedIn. Folks that I hadn't connected with in years, Manny, were like, Denise, I see you. Thank you. I appreciate your, you know, your voice. And so people are watching us, even if we don't know that they're watching us. So I think that's all the more reason to just be real and be honest and open about whatever it is that you're experiencing, the highs or the lows, because we're not doing anybody, we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice if we're not, you know, living truly authentically in, in who we're, we're called to be. Wow. That speaks a lot and it's 100% so relatable. So I hope some people hear this message and understand that we're all going through it. And it's the journey. You might not see it online, but this is the true journey of entrepreneurship and you got to embrace it. It's not for everyone, but those who do take it on, good luck <laughs> and be ready. Yes. What's to come. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, stay the course, you know, because here's the, the thing. Everything is temporal, Manny. It's all temporal. So if mm -hmm. you're having like a really high moment, joined Accenture. Mm -hmm. Out of a technology sales background, like that's what I've done. And, you know, that that changed. Right. You know, mm -hmm. when you're growing your business, if you're if it's difficult, if it's hard, like whatever it is that's also subject to change because everything is temporal. So if you just stay the course and just allow yourself to feel the feelings, like go through the moments of uncertainty and doubt and fear, and you just, you continue to just do it afraid, even if you're not, even if you don't know how it's going to get done, you just keep pushing on whatever moment that you're in. It's just a moment in time and it is subject to change. So, you know, just being, being, being willing to, take things day by day, moment by moment. I love it. Amazing. Okay. So Grace the Collection, your venture, yes. offers accessible luxury scents. What childhood memory, if there is one, that you think might have brought you to where you are right now to starting this luxury scent brand? Is there anything from childhood? Yes, there absolutely is. And it's so funny that you mentioned that. I was actually... <clears throat> excuse me, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine recently. And you're probably not old enough to remember. Uh, oh, gosh, I just lost the name of the company. <laughs> Home Interiors. That's what it was called. Home Interiors. Yeah, you're right. Don't know it. <laughs> so it was back in the days of, you know, women having like Tupperware, Tupperware parties and Home Interiors was like the, the, the elevated thing, right? They had these beautiful sconces that you could put a votive candle in, or they had beautiful centerpieces that you could put all of these different scented candles in and everything. And my mom absolutely loved the French vanilla candle. So as a result, I now like French vanilla candles are like one of my favorite things, as long as they're not too syrupy sweet. But <laughs> that was, I, I, I always go back to that because we always had something like burning in the house. And my mom would even, you know, during the holiday season, especially, she would put a pot on the stove with oranges and cloves and cinnamon sticks and mint leaves and different citrus fruits and just let that sit on the, on the stove and boil. So it would fill the house with this beautiful, yummy scent that just felt like home. It felt like comfort. 
And we're also a military family. So all of those things, wherever we were in the world, ended up being things that I've, you know, kind of really held on to that just created a home for us. And it was not a house, it was a home. And so I, I know that that is, that started my love for all things scent. I was a bit of a tomboy when I was younger, but I've always been a girly girl as well. So I loved the, the you know, my, my Tinkerbell little like fragrance scent that my mom would buy me. But I always wanted to have on like sneakers and dresses, which I, I still wear a lot today. And I feel like the world finally caught up with me on that. That, 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 you started it, Denise. Exactly. I, my, I told my mom, I was like, see, I was ahead of my time. But, you know, I think all of those things, Manny, really just helped me to realize, like, this is my thing. And when my boyfriend, Sean, and I first started dating, we would go places and people would always stop me and compliment me on something like I I'm big into eyewear. I love glasses. I love accessories. And he's like, Mm -hmm. see, that's something that's a customer. You need to figure out what you can sell them. And during COVID and lockdown, you know, I realized, wait, I'm spending a ton of money on everybody else's candles. I was buying, you know, Diptyque and Joe Malone and Trudon and all of these luxury high-end brands. And I was like, that's the thing. But then I went back to you know, thinking about my life over the years and how there's always been a candle, incense, a plug-in, diffuser, oils, like all the things. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I love. And I think that love has really kind of transcended into the brand and the feeling that people get when they interact with the brand. Got it. So since you are your own ideal audience, right? And since you understand probably the type of lifestyle around owning a a candle for example right and you understand what people look for when trying to buy a candle what things came to mind when you're developing your usp on separating your brand versus other brands are already out there the ones that you even brought up right now right so what what was that so i think the main thing was realizing that you know there's all of these luxury brands that i you know mentioned and there's many more but there, when you kind of come down a level or two, there wasn't really anything that I felt like gave you a truly luxury experience at an accessible price point. Mm-hmm. Not a cheaper price point, but something that's more accessible. So mm-hmm. I felt like as I started doing my own research, as I started you know, creating customer journeys and thinking about who is the Grace the Collection customer, that's when I came back to you. And so everything that I've done with the brand is really leaning into that from the design aesthetic. And I'm thankful for Emily at Emily Wells Design, who just brought the brand to life in such a beautiful way. I knew very, very early on that I wasn't going to, you know, create the candles on my own, that I wanted to outsource that. And I wanted to look for a supplier who could create that luxury experience, who could connect me with fragrance houses to create the scents specific for my company. So those were all things that I knew that I wanted to, you know, that I wanted to have to be a part of the brand. And I'm thankful that I stayed the course that meant that it took me a little bit longer to launch, particularly given that I started the company in 2020. And, you know, that was, you know, the the peak time of COVID and lockdown. So you had supply chain issues and a whole host of other things, but I didn't end up launching until 2022, January of 2022, because I had to, I went through a supplier, 
that didn't work out and had to start from scratch. So I ended up spending a lot of time like trying to, you know, find the right folks that could help me to bring the brand to life. And, you know, here we are now coming up to two years in, in, in January, two years since launch, like, you know, it's been almost three years since I started the company, but since launch is two years and it's just been a journey that has been so amazing. I'm so thankful. And I could not have envisioned some of the things that we're experiencing from a growth perspective happening so soon in the company's journey. Amazing. Like, like what exactly? You want to touch on that a little bit? What growth initiatives or milestones have you been hitting? Yeah. So we are in five retailers around Atlanta. So, you know, small boutiques, a med spa as well. A beauty studio sells the candles. There's, it's just been amazing to see how those, you know, how those brands have embraced me. And the pop-up that I had last night was at my dear friend, Lisa Bob's boutique squash blossom in downtown Decatur. And so she's one of the retailers and we do, you know, we try to support each other as well. But the, the thing that I'm most proud of is we'll be launching on Macy's.com very, very soon. So I, um, one of the things I was working on earlier is there's a ton of integration that happens between the the Macy's platform and my Shopify. And so getting all of that integration done, but super, super excited about that. And then also have some, have a new product that'll be launching. The room and linen spritz will be, we thought we were going to have it for the holidays, but the supplier for the boxes, it's taking a little bit longer. So that'll be a, a Q1 initiative. And I'm, I'm so excited about, you know, bringing a, a, a second product in the collection to market as well. Okay. So there's two things I want to dive into there. First, when it comes to getting to the B2B space, what is needed? And is there anything that surprised you going through this process or something that you would, would have done differently? So what's needed is, you know, you got to have your fundamentals with the company in, you know, in, in, in place, right? So your financials, have your, you know, your EIN number, have a W9, you know, have your brand guide, your style guide, like, you know, have, and even things like great product photography that allows people to see the brand in the right, in, in the right light and in the aesthetic that you want to present. So I think, you know, having those fundamentals in place are so, so, so important because then when you start having those conversations, you realize you don't have to go back and, you know, kind of course correct. So I think having those fundamentals is, is definitely important. And also, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that my, my network has helped me to have some of those conversations. People have spoken my name and graced the collection's name in rooms that I've never entered. And, you know, some of, I, I have a number of large corporate clients that purchase for events and for, for holiday orders as well. You know, being able to have enough inventory to be able to manage those conversations so that when the opportunity comes, you're not having to scramble and, oh, we need product or, you know, we can't, fill, you know, f- completely fulfill the order. So I think, you know, all of those 
just putting all of those fundamentals in place has really, really served me exceptionally well. And I'm also thankful for some of the technology decisions that I've made in the way that Mm -hmm. I've created the site, um, outsourcing, you know, my, my digital marketing. Like I have someone that manages social and I've got someone that helps me with email marketing because those are things that, you know, at a high level, I know what to do, but I'm not the best person to actually do the execution. So I think really understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are early on and being okay with letting someone else manage those, those processes for you as well, and also have a good bookkeeper or accountant on standby too. <laughs> 100%. Okay, when it comes to your products, how do you curate the right ones that align with your brand? Because I, I know your brand is about navigating life with elegance and grace. And I also want you to touch upon that a little bit and how that leads to the products you curate to give them the elegance and grace. Yeah. So, you know, that was also something that I did very early on, Manny. I was very specific on what I wanted the products to be. You know, I had folks telling me, oh my God, Denise, you have this like amazing aesthetic. You're always put together and, you know, you should do, um, I had someone to tell me like linens and sheets and I'm like, no, I mean, that's nice. Maybe down the road I could do a collaboration, but I was very I was resolute on what I wanted Grace the Collection to be. And I knew that I wanted to do candles. I knew that I wanted to do a, a, a sprit or a, it started out being a spray, but my designer, who again is amazing, she's like, why don't we call it a spritz? It can be a room and linen spritz. I'm like, I love that. So I knew that I wanted that to be in the collection. I also love a good reed diffuser. I actually have one in my bathroom that I've been testing out and I can't wait to bring that to market next year as well. So I was very specific on what I wanted the products to be, <clears throat> excuse me, and making sure that I stay true to that and not, you know, letting other folks ideas, you know, in, in influence mm -hmm. what I wanted to do too much. And, you know, the elegance and grace piece, Grace Manny was actually my word for 2020. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped doing a New Year's resolution several years ago. And I have a word every year that kind of guides me through the year. And I remember choosing that word, or I feel like the Grace chose me. I didn't choose Grace because I didn't think that it was as strong of a word that as, as years gone past. But then 2020 happens. My grandmother passed away. My One of my dear friends from, I did Leadership Atlanta here in Atlanta, and one of my Leadership Atlanta classmates passed away actually on New Year's Eve before 2020. So I was out of the country. And when I got back to the States, I started off January at a funeral of, of, of a friend. Um, then, you know, COVID happens. We're on lockdown. And you know, then the the summer of 2020 with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, you know, insert any name of someone who was killed by the hands of, of the police. And I remember I was sitting at, just sitting in the kitchen one day and I just realized we all need grace. And I realized how strength, how strong that word actually was because it was grace that carried me through all of the craziness that had happened during the year. And that's how 
Grace the Collection was born. It was through something and I made sure I told Emily, I said, you know, I really want to have established 2020 as a part of the logo, as a reminder of something mm-hmm. beautiful that can come out of chaos. And that's how that's how Grace the Collection was born. Wow. I really like that word, Grace. Right. Yeah. It's such a strong word when you really look inwards on it. Absolutely. And we need grace for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need grace for each other as mm-hmm. well, you know, and especially for ourselves, because when you're on this entrepreneurial journey or you don't even have to be an entrepreneur, you're just living your life. Life is lifing for so many people. And I think, you know, as we were talking earlier about, you know, how social media and, you know, looking at others and comparison, like all of those things will steal your joy. And so you have to just make sure that you're giving yourself the grace that you need to kind of make it through whatever scenario, situation, you know, you're experiencing. So it is a strong word. I didn't realize it, Hmm. but it absolutely is. I mean, it birthed a company for me. So (laughs) there's definitely some strength and grace. (laughs) There definitely is. Okay. I want to touch upon your marketing strategy and your content strategy on how you approach this, right? Your content strategy, of course, fits in your overall marketing strategy, but for the new year coming up, how do you see yourself investing your marketing budget when it comes to across all these different channels? And then I I would love to know what type of content you're focused on that you feel is going to bring the most eyeballs and, and direct traffic to your site. Yeah. So I just had this, this conversation with my amazing digital marketing partner, Kelly Kelly at Brand Method, she has done an outstanding job with helping me to bring Grace the, Le- Grace the Collection to the masses. And I actually transitioned to her from another agency that I was that I was working with. And as I mentioned to your team, Manny, when they reached out to me about recording, I'm like, man, I wish I would have found you guys sooner. But you know, Kelly has really taught me that I am the brand and I'm starting Mm -hmm. to realize that more and more. Like even when we do, you know, if there's a post, even if, if, if my face is on it, if it's like some behind the scenes content of, you know, a photo shoot that we recently did, anytime there's something out there with Denise front and center, those posts, those reels, they go like I, I I get all of these pop-ups, you know, your reel has been viewed over a thousand times and I'm just like, oh my God, this is crazy. So yep. that is a part of our strategy. Kelly has told me, you know, we need to get more of your founder story. We need to have you, you know, talking about the brand, talking about what's next. So that's really a big part of what you'll start to see more of in 2024 from Grace the Collection. And I think that's a lesson for all of us that are entrepreneurs, that we are the brand and we've got to be front and center. People need to see us. And to your point right there is like, the content that we put out of ourselves is way less production, way less cost, and way better performing content than than the campaign video I might've spent three to $4,000 on and maybe only got couple thousand views versus me sitting on a couch and me just talking to the camera and I got double the views doing that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But Manny, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. I think people crave authenticity. Yeah. They don't realize it, 
But those, even if you look at, I think that's why TikTok has become the platform that it is because yes, there's some things that, you know, that are, that are perfectly curated for the, for the most part, it's people just being themselves. And I think that's what people want more of. They want to feel a connection to a brand, especially when you're, you know, when you're just starting out, like you got to build community. And that was another thing that was really, really important for me also. It's why I started the newsletter. It's why, you know, I I was really averse to doing these pop-ups initially, but I've realized like that has to be a part of it as well. We have to be front and center out there. And it's a great way to get content, you know, as well. So you, you know, we, we have to be, we are the brand. And, and I think also, you know, when you're a person of color, it's even more important for people to see what is possible in someone that looks and sounds like them. Like that is, that, that to me is, is also, you know, near and dear to, to my heart. So Kelly, I've heard you, I'll be, you know, out there front and center more. <laughs> Amazing. Kelly's <laughs> definitely on point with like, yes, you have to be out there in the front lines, right? Cause, yes. and it's not always for everyone. Yes. But you could learn the skills to do it. And I feel like everyone should try at least to try building a founder led brand because it's so important, right? Cause people buy from people. I say this to everyone, right? Yes. Like even in the B2B space, which you were in people, yes, you have a center, Amazon backing you up, right? They're big established brands. However, they're dealing with you directly, Denise, right? And they're buying from you, right? And same way in in, in D2C, they're buying from you, the founder and the team behind the small business. And it's so important to get your face out there. And I was was actually in another podcast call a couple of days ago and um, Marley was telling me, so she runs her own peer-to-peer wardrobe dress rental app. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's telling me how she used to post photos of just, you know, different products coming out on her page. She's like, as soon as I put up a green screen and I started talking about the product, my views skyrocketed. And 100%, because yeah. now people know who's running the app behind the scenes. That's and right. That's so right. Important. So, right now, you're focused on, okay, the founder led content, the newsletter, and the pop ups. It's kind of like the three big initiatives you're going to be leading with. Got yeah. it. So, for your newsletter, what do you focus on for getting your audience to, to sign up for it, right? Because they're giving away their personal information, their email in exchange for some value coming mm-hmm. from you. So what's mm-hmm. that value that they're going to get? Yeah. So the first thing, you know, anytime you go to gracefulcollection.com, you'll get a pop-up that, you know, says get 10% off of your, you know, your order when you sign up for email and SMS. Nothing like a good discount to get people to, you know, to give you their information. But also. I'm, you know, very, and I'm, I, I am like, I don't even know the word, but I am laser focused on not sp- spamming people. Like I don't send out, you know, a ton of emails, even during like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we had maybe three emails that went out and then there was an accompanying um, SMS campaign that went with it. But we, we spaced it out like, you know, a few days apart. I I I sent out the November newsletter later for that reason as well, because I don't want people to feel like, oh my God, here comes another Grace the Collection thing. And there was a ton of that. Like my inbox is still full of stuff that I never opened 
because, you know, it's like, you know, final, you know, this is the final time we're going to offer this sale and, you know, all of those things. And I'm like, I just, I just don't want any parts of that. So, so that's the first thing is not spamming, spamming people. The newsletter I've created, it's a life and style newsletter. So yes, there, there will be like, we usually have like a fragrance of the month or a candle of the month. And so there'll be like a, either some user-generated content or a story around like how I came up with the name and, you know, just something unique and interesting that isn't necessarily on the description in the in the website. There is a shop now button, but it's not meant, the, the newsletter is not a sales engine. It's really about, you know, people are always asking me, Denise, you always know the greatest restaurants, the greatest skincare, the greatest, you know, you're always talking about something interesting. So it's kind of a way for me to start putting some of those things out there for folks. And then what it's also done is it's allowed me to partner with some brands. So, you know, I've been able to get some discount codes for readers. So I'll put mm-hmm. like a, you know, a little surprise, like people will have to keep reading, but then they'll find out, oh my God, if I go to, you know, this, this company site and use this code, I'm going to get 20% off of my order. Amazing idea. So it's been, it's allowed me to kind of, you know, create some of that, that synergy with other brands that, that I love. There's a section about what I'm reading, podcasts, news, like, so in the November newsletter, I teased that I was going to be talking to, to you, Manny and the team. And so, you know, I, I also use it as an opportunity to talk about some things that are happening with the business. And then at the end, it's just kind of, you know, me speaking from my heart about, you know, whatever I might be going through or something that I heard or read that really resonated with me. And so I share that in, you know, in the newsletter as well. And it's been really well received. We're close to 300 readers now or subscribers. And we just launched the newsletter in, I think, September, August, late August. No, oh, September. That's really good. So we've just, you know, it's it's something that's new and we're getting more and more people signing up and wanting to, you know, to get that content. So it's been, it's been really cool. So I think that's the value. It's that authenticity. It's hearing from me. It's hearing about the things that I'm into and then, you know, the ability to partner with other brands and introduce those brands to, to my, my customers as well. I really like that. I really like that. I want to talk to you about your pop-up strategy. And like now that you're doing more pop-ups. So like how do you approach yeah. that? Do you take over a brick and mortar retail space or do you like going to events, doing it there? Like what's your approach to pop-ups and then what are you going to be doing in the future for pop-ups? So it's a combination of the two. So last night was it a squash blossom boutique here in Atlanta. They do something during the holiday season called Terrific Thursdays, where they stay open a little bit later. Last night was great because they were doing in Decatur Square, they were lighting the Christmas tree and they had the school choir singing and artists performing. And where the, the shop is, is like literally like right before you got to where the Christmas tree is being lit. So it's like prime real estate as well. So I was there, the the owner and her team, they had popcorn and wine. And then me there, you know, just connecting with people and, you know, talking to them about the brand. We had some introduced the company to some awesome folks and made some sales that maybe we wouldn't have made otherwise. And so I'll be doing more of that, particularly with the folks that we, where we already retail, but like tomorrow's event is 
it's at it's it's at a, a business called the Healing Environment in here in Metro Atlanta, and it'll be myself and I think six or seven other Black women-owned businesses. And so we're coming together at the you know, at the, the, the business of, you know, one of the folks that's sponsoring, and it'll be a great way for folks to shop, support some amazing women-owned brands in the process. So I try to be very thoughtful and intentional about, you know, where I show up because sometimes, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I will tell you, Manny, they, I, people don't believe that I'm an introvert, but I am. So by the end of, you know, three, four, five hours, however long it is, plus the setup, the breakdown, like I am exhausted. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to show up, if I'm going to, you know, put myself out there, then, you know, it needs to be with a group and, you know, with companies that I feel like I'm, I'm aligned to. So it's really a combination of the two It's specific events, but then it's also connecting with you know, brick and mortars, particularly those brick and mortars that already sell um, the Grace the Collection products. Okay. Two things. What works better? The brick and mortar retail stores for you or the events that you you align yourself with? So it's been interesting. The events have been better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I I I don't have a rationale for that. I think because when you're inside of a brick and mortar, even though obviously they're aligned and you're aligned to the brand or, or to their, their business because they sell your products, but people are not necessarily coming in for what I'm providing. They're coming in for the other things. And in this instance, it's a a beautiful clothing boutique that also sells beauty products and home goods. And, but most people are there because Lisa has an amazing array of clothes, shoes, and accessories. So that's why people are there. So I think when you're at an event, you know, people will, you know, they're coming because they want to support you. They want to support, you know, the other businesses that are there. So it's been interesting that the events for me have been, have been a better showing, but we'll see if that changes in, in 2024. Okay. Amazing. Denise, this is an amazing conversation. Where can everyone find you online? You can find me, of course at gracethecollection.com. You can find me on Instagram at gracethecollection. My personal Instagram is Nisi Reese, N-E-I-C-E-Y Reese. Twitter is Denise Reese VO because I also do, I dabbled into voiceover. And so when Twitter first started, that's the reason why I have that handle. Accessible Grace is the company's handle on Twitter. I keep saying Twitter X, I mean. And then, of course, LinkedIn at Denise Reese. Amazing. Thank you for joining us today. And everyone, thank you for listening in. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Manny. This was great. <laughs>